Okay, I'm recording. Hi, guys. Um, this is Harry Mastine from Alkalize to Realize podcast and Holistic Health Harry here with Victoria Jonko of Holistic Hippie Healing. Holistic Hippie Healing, Victoria Jonko. <laughs> and yeah, we're going to roll today with an interview and get to know her a little bit. Um, I've known you for a while in the health community. I've known her for a while. And she's really cool and she's got a good lot of good information, does a lot of good work. I believe you have her own, she has her own business too, which we'll talk about. So I'm looking forward to um, tapping into your knowledge and letting people know who you really are, um, you know, behind, behind Facebook as a real person, right? Yeah, I know. It's like crazy. <laughs> crazy stuff. Okay, Sorry, let's get, let's get deep. Let's get straight into it. Um, so how did you come into the position that you are in now in terms of um, what, you, what you know and preach about in health and, and being on the, in the community? How did this all start for you? Yeah, so I was sick my entire life. Um, I was always overweight and obese. Um, I dealt with candida issues, which is like fungal overgrowth. So I had like chronic yeast infections, bacterial infections, UTIs. Um, I developed cysts on my ovaries. I ended up getting Lyme disease and I also have the herpes virus. Whoa. So all of this, yeah, mm. all of that. Um, so is this all at one time? You, is this all at one time? No, this like progressed. Um, the last mm. thing that I developed was uh, the herpes and um, cysts on my ovaries. Mm. And even that, it didn't um, occur to me to, like I knew I should be eating healthier Mm. Um, I was vegan at the time when I, when I contracted herpes um, and the, the, the cysts on my ovaries, but I didn't understand the power of raw food up until about a year afterwards. And I came across Dr. Robert Morse and the mucusless diet. And I, I had, I was really more focused on um, my, like the yeast infections. Cause like it was so chronic. It was, I was, it was every day constantly. And that was really difficult. I was in a relationship at the time. So that made things kind of like uncomfortable. Mm. Um, so I started researching stuff on YouTube and I saw these people saying like, I got rid of candida with fruit. And I was like, you're not supposed to eat fruit with candida. Like, that's crazy. And I'm like, okay, well, if all these people are saying that it's working for them, then like, fuck it, I'm going to try it too. Mm. So um, I did. And it started, it got worse. Like it got way How long ago was this when you started on the fruits? How long ago from this date? Was it a year, two years ago, three years ago? A year, yeah. A year so ago. it's a year oh. this month, actually. Okay. Hmm. Um, I started eating more high fat raw. Like I was doing gourmet vegan meals because I was like fresh out of being like just junk food vegan. So um, I was definitely doing like a lot of raw tacos and chili and like more complex meals. And then the further I did that for like maybe a month, maybe two months. And then my body was just like, nah, like let's, you know, start juicing more and eating more like whole foods, like fruit. And I started like mono mealing grapes and um, melons and berries and stuff. Mm. And the candida got worse for like a couple of months. Like it was really coming out. And then I used this um, herb called fenugreek, which is a lymphatic expectorant. Mm. And I had so much come out. And after that, like purged, it really, it really hasn't bothered me all that much anymore. Um, once in a while, when I'm doing like some deep cleansing, I still have some stuff come out. Mm. But for the most part, like I don't suffer with chronic yeast infections anymore. Um, I dropped 70 pounds within about like six months. Oh, yeah. Like that. I dropped it really, really fast. Mm. Um, 
I don't think I have cysts on my ovaries anymore. They weren't really bothering me up in, like until this one time a couple years ago when they were bursting and I went to the hospital because I thought I was like dying or something. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. Mm. Um, so now my focus, like I'm still trying to regenerate. I do use herbs. Um, I do them on and off uh, because it does get it to be a bit expensive if you're doing it like consistently. Mm. Um, but I like to go, you know, maybe like a couple couple of um herbal formulas like each month or maybe every other month so I'm giving myself some time to like build up as well as like detox mm-hmm. um, so yeah that's that's what that's what brought me into this just being sick and, and sick of being sick I also had a lot of mental health issues so that's mm-hmm. all um pretty much pretty much gone <laughs> You're so optimistic and chirpy right now. I'm sure you've always been like this, but possibly because you've transformed yourself so much, you're in, in a much better place um, mentally than perhaps you were, right? Oh, yeah. I was not always like this. Um, I, was, I was very depressed um, most of my life. I was suicidal for most of my life. Mm. Um, I was actually pretty like awkward for a long time as well. Um, it, within the last year, though, I've really come out of my shell and have become a lot more social and like outgoing. And mm. yeah, I, I never, I never thought I would ever be like this, really. So yeah. you know what? I can relate to you. Um, I also was suicidal, depressed, and I never thought I could be this happy. Maybe mine, mine's taken longer. Mine's taken ten years, eight years in self improvement, two years into health. So mine's taken a little longer because I was fucked up. Well, we all got levels of fucked up, but I can relate to you. Like it's weird, isn't it, to be in this position of how happy you can be generally and you see people on Facebook and in real life that um that we know that just aren't happy and like you're like that was me and you can change but they sometimes they won't listen because you know for whatever reason right yeah not ready to change really I think that's what it boils down to mm-hmm. yeah so qu- quickly onto the whole change and stuff that's a nice transition into the big pharmaceutical companies were you always um would it be fair to say cause some people are born like this as children like woke as they were or they they felt they always had this potential like a craving to d- do the right thing they knew fun wasn't right but you one of those children or did you just get kind of uh, turned on by like you said earlier sick of being sick was it the do you think it was circumstance that made you put you in this position or was it just you've always been like this um, I think I think a little bit of both. I always wanted to help people when I was young, um, but because of my history. So like I, uh, when when I was twelve, I had my first stay in a psychiatric hospital, and they put me on um, a SSRI, which is an antidepressant called Lexapro. I was on that for about a month, and then I ended up back in the hospital because I was like raging out, like I was punching holes in walls and just going crazy, mm. and. Um, they put me, they, they diagnosed me with bipolar disorder hmm. and they put me on a mood stabilizer. Hmm. And so I think that I was in and out of the hospital after that for like five years, five or six years. Um, and it, I spent a lot of time in psychiatric hospitals wow. and I yeah. think that's a big, like that is the hmm. main reason. I definitely have an emotional connection with the, um, pharmaceutical industry in the sense hmm. of like, they really fucked me up as, as a kid. Like, they put me on this mood stabilizer called Trileptal. They kept me on that for five years and they upped it to the point where I was not able to see. Um, like there was a night, I remember I took my medicine and I started like, you know those goggles that they put on you when you're in school when the police come to show you that you're drunk? Mm, it was yep. like that, but I wasn't wearing any goggles. So like I, I my vision started going mm. and um, I, I was also having seizures throughout 
this time of being on pharmaceuticals, I was on um, benzos, which are anti-anxiety drugs. Um, so I was on Xanax, Clonopin, and Valium at a time. Do you think they cause the seizures? Was, do you reckon what, what caused the seizures? The drugs? Yeah, yeah I, think, I think the drugs definitely did um, because they shut down your endocrine system. Um, I also learned that like detoxing off of these drugs can also cause seizures. Mm. Um, but at the time, I think it was just being on them that was causing them. And the thing is, like, I kept going to the doctor to, to find out what was wrong. Like, I was having, like, what seemed to be, like, grand mal seizures. I don't have any brain damage, thank God. Um, but they couldn't figure out anything. And they ended up diagnosing me with something called vasovagal cardio, wait, cardio, vasovagal syncope, which is basically um, my heart... Uh, my veins dilate and my heart can't pump blood fast enough okay. to my brain, mm -hmm. um, something like that. And mm. it's causing me to pass out and mimic uh, seizures, mm. which I think is, I think it's bullshit. Yep. I think it was the drugs that was causing it a hundred percent. So I'm that, that definitely pushed me into not like being this like, um, unsupporter i guess of the pharmaceutical industry and kind of trying to expose them for the monsters that they are because they, they they really did a number on me and it wasn't just me like i saw i have a lot of trauma from being in these hospitals and, mm. and seeing these other kids like the young kids like five and six year olds up to 17 year olds how old were you when you were in hospital by the way how old were you, how old you roughly when this was how, how old are you between the age of 12 to 19. So it was only like my last hospitalization was only three years ago. I'm 22. Okay. So, and that was, I was still on Valium at the time. Mm. Um, I was going through some, some personal things like with a partner and whatever, um, which is what triggered the hospitalization, but definitely like the drugs didn't help. And the, after that, that was the last time I've ever been on pharmaceuticals. I stopped after that. So I have not touched them since I was 19 years old. I haven't been on any antibiotics, I think since I was about 17. So I've really like, I, I don't, I don't fuck with them. I Are don't you like crazy? Them. You're going to die without those drugs. Now you're getting worse. No. Right? You should be dead. Die. <laughs> you shouldn't be so happy without drugs, mate. That's impossible. Without antidepressants. How's that even working? <laughs> Forget about all the others. <laughs> Well, that, that's funny, too, because, like, they told me, as a 12-year-old, they were like, you're going to be on these for the rest of your life. You won't be able to function without them. Mm. And not only, like, should they not really be saying that, but because it's completely untrue, but to a 12-year-old, that's, like, detrimental to my, you know, whole identity. Like, I... I wasn't Victoria anymore. I was bipolar disorder. I was anxiety. I was depression. I was... I was mental health. Is that how you felt at the time? So you felt these things, they put on you and you felt that they, they were, those labels became yourself. That's Definitely. Hmm. Yeah. It really messed with my identity and it messed with my growth. Like as, as a teenager, those are, those are crucial years. You know, that's when you're really developing into the person that you want to be. And, you know, I, I ended up coming out of it a much better person, a more informed person. Like I grew into uh, you know, a, like a wonderful human, but most people don't. Most people yeah. suffer for the rest of their lives, and I was right. well on that on that path. Either that, or they kill themselves. And I was, I was almost there multiple times too. So yeah, in a way, it molded you. But you were kind of special, like you said. That a lot of people get caught up in the system and they don't get out of it, and then they're not open minded to information. But worse than that, they end up either killing themselves or in a bad mood or just unhealthy as fuck. And it's not their fault; it's the system's fault. Um, yeah. So you know, I understand. Is this, is this drives your motivation then clearly 
you're motivated by what you've been through and wanting to help other people not go through the same thing, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, not just like the mental health, but like physical health, too. You know, I, I, I struggled with weight issues, with candida, with all these things. And I kept going to the doctor and they would just prescribe another drug, another antibacterial or antibiotic, whatever, um, another benzo, another whatever. Like, let's try this. And I, I was a lab rat, man. Like, yeah. I, I was their fucking science experiment and nothing ever worked. You know, I kept the, the, the candida kept coming back. I would get another UTI. I would get more depressed. Like, it was just never working. And meanwhile, you know, no one's telling me about uh, what to eat and what not to eat. And if they were, it was like, oh, well, you need to eat less calories or what the fuck ever. But <laughs> yeah, we've heard that one before. That's not the case at all. So, like, they just were not guiding me the way I needed to. And there are a lot of other things too, that played into it. Just like with my emotional well-being. like they, they did provide um, certain therapies to me, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, I would, looking back, I wish they would have done things differently. Um, there was a point in time where the state got involved because CPS got called um, because I got into, I, I, I overdosed and uh, they, they wanted my parents to give me up. They wanted them, they, they were trying to convince my parents to, to hand me over to the state. Wow. And I think that goes into a, a whole other category with like trafficking children and mm. basically being able to, to do whatever the fuck they wanted. I, I don't know what would have happened to me had that happened. So absolutely crazy mate this sounds like a, a, actually a horror story i knew a little bit about you i didn't know this information you're giving so i'm learning just as much as the audience so we appreciate it um but so you reached a breaking point right and how did you stumble across dr morse and fruits was it just like a google do you think it was do you think it was a coincidence was it a happy accident how did this come down i don't think anything's a coincidence i think mm-hmm. everything lines up perfectly mm-hmm. and divinely um i had i youtubed um candida and I, I started, cause like that was my main thing. So that was the thing I was suffering with every single fucking day. It was never getting better. Like so annoying, so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I YouTube that. And then I started seeing like people talking about fruit. And then I think like one click led to another and another. And then I found Dr. Morse and like, all right, like he's a naturopath, he's a biochemist. And then it only took me a month of doing this. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to be a detox specialist. And I want, I want to have as much knowledge as I possibly can to heal myself. And then I want to help other people heal. Yeah, one month in, at that point, you said you were, you were suffering detox. You weren't getting better. Do I remember? You said the first couple of months, you weren't even getting better. And like, it wasn't so like my, my overall health was improving, but like the candida was oh. really, really bad because so much of it was coming out because that's what detox is. It's pushing all of the shit out of us. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. at that time I was like concerned, but I kept hearing like, Hey, just, just keep going, keep going. You know, like it's going to get worse before it gets better. Mm. Um, and then I started adding in the herbs and the herbs are what really kicked it in a high gear for me. And mm. that one herb, Benu Greek man, within four days, like mm. it was like, like handful of it was coming out of me at a time. Like it was, it was disgusting, but beautiful, beautiful as well. It was great. Yeah. Uh, Like finally. And then after that was done, I was like, Holy shit, this is what it's like to not suffer with like a chronic yeast infection. Like this is amazing. So yeah. 
Yeah. The clouds parted. You were going through tough times and it just went slowly, slowly. You could see the light. It's crazy though. One yeah. month into like, I'm two and a half years in. It's taken me a while to get to this point where I know that health is my passion. So one, one month in, that's a crazy like time to like, you know, be like, this is it for me. But I can tell, well, I, I can tell yeah. it's your personality too. I can tell like, I think you're quite driven. So your personality is very much like, I can see, right? Yeah. That's for sure. The thing with, so like I was, when I was 17, I got introduced to what GMOs were. And that was like kind of the starting point for my passion for health. So I went, um, when that, when I got introduced to that, I went more of a whole foods um, diet. So like I was still eating eggs, um, but I wasn't doing dairy or meat at the time, I don't think. Um, And then like a year or two after that, I went vegan. And so like, it was kind of a gra- that the whole aspect of wanting health was mm. the gradual thing, but actually finding out what real health is, yeah, that happened super fast, like within a month of me being raw. Cool. Let's hit you with some, some kind of open-ended big questions if you want. So you said what is um, you said something about health there. So if you had to define like what is true health in a nutshell, what's your opinion on like what is true health to you? I, I mean, honestly, I think it's all about like feeling, it, it's a feeling, I guess, like feeling really good and happy and at ease. So when I talk about like dis- diseases, it's more so the dis-ease of the body, mind, and soul. So when you are achieving like health, you're trying to put your body, mind, and soul back in ease. Um, so that's the way I look at it. And I'm, I mean, I, I feel like I'm, I'm definitely healthier than I was um I still like there are certain things I just want to be like stronger mostly and be able to run fast at this point but like I'm definitely happier so I think I'm, I'm pretty healthy now yeah I love I love the way the body works like the physical and emo- emotions are tied together so I spent eight years doing emotional health now I'm doing two years into physical health but I didn't I didn't rush the process and I'm enjoying that the, what physical health has such a massive impact to me it would you, we know this right to emotional health like you you work on the physical body you fast you fruit and do all these amazing things you will be happy even if you're a negative person, it will start changing your thoughts and rewiring your brain and slowly mm-hmm. you'll just become like what you thought was impossible. Cause I know, I know I speak for myself and I'm pretty sure for you too, like what we've become is pretty impossible compared to what people in the mainstream would say it's never possible for us doing the methods we're doing, especially, especially doing the things that we're doing. It's impossible for them to understand how we can heal on, you know, things that are supposed to be bad, which they tell us are bad, but actually they seem to work. So <laughs> Yeah, I know. And with the with the emotional health aspect that I, I want to touch on next, like mm-hmm. that, I attribute most of my healing to, um, mm-hmm. like the f- fasting, all of that, like detoxing the physical body. Yeah, that's that, that's gonna happen when you change your diet. But when I, the emotional aspect of it is what really like brought everything back for me because I suffered so greatly with my mental health and being so severely depressed and suicidal and angry for all of my life. Um, when I started detoxing, I went through more emotional detoxes than physical. I definitely had some physical ones where I had like healing crises, but I had so much emotional detox where I would just like, I'd be deep on like, fruit fasting and all of a sudden for like three hours straight I would just be sobbing and all of this trauma was coming mm. back to me I was releasing mm. so much and then wow. right after that you know uh this happened twice I had some pain in my kidneys and then I had a pretty heavy um I guess like 
lymphatic release through my through my bladder so it was it was just interesting to see that and see like the connection between the mind and body yeah um i can relate to crying which i still do now by the way when i'm dry fasting and fasting especially um so yeah i've got a lot of healing just like yourself but it's crazy isn't it how much emotions get trapped in the body and and i think it's going to be never-ending for us i mean i don't want to be pessimistic because i enjoy my life and you do too but i just think it's never-ending there's so much trauma and emotions trapped in the body from childhood that's that's gone wrong for us like right yeah i also think like past lives too there's definitely trauma with that and healing too i don't see it like uh when you say like it's an it's an ongoing thing like lifelong or whatever i don't view that as being a pessimistic kind of thing like i think uh, i think healing is is quite beautiful and i think processing that pain is quite beautiful um because you know you're you're working on yourself and you're you're elevating your consciousness so like there's nothing wrong with you know feeling pain that that's what like creation is you know it's duality so yeah, and not to not to rub in too much about the people of the matrix that don't understand what we're talking about, um, but they don't ever get the chance to heal these things. So just they end up most of their times just living with these traumas. And and of course, it's not even it's actually quite selfish how I look at it. I'm sure you might agree because they're, they're they're projecting. You know, if you're damaged and you're not fixing yourself, you're projecting that on every single person you interact with. You're a lower frequency vibration, so it affects everybody you interact with. Now we can do work and help them, but if you're not open minded to it and you're low frequency and not healing yourself. I can't be around you. I, I limit my contact with um, with these people, unfortunately. <laughs> no, I I fully I fully agree and understand that. Like I have love for everyone. Like whether whether or not you're like deep in the matrix, but like there's only so much I can do. Like I am a healer, and but my first person that I have to heal is myself. And if you're going to be detrimental to my healing, how? Can, how is that healthy for anyone involved? Like, how am I supposed to heal? How are you supposed to heal? You know? So I've I've definitely come in contact with people that I felt connections with, but they were too deep into the matrix trap that like, I, I had to distance myself from them. And it's sad, but you know, you plant your seeds and then you move on people, people are their own healers. You can't, you're not responsible. So. Yeah, very true. So I was thinking while you were talking there as well about, um, about your business, how do you, role with the clients do you have you're on facebook obviously but how are you dealing with them what do you what's your protocol do you get to know them do you refuse clients um all this information is kind of interesting so let us know yeah um so i i don't have like a a lot of clients um but i do still get them like periodically um it's kind of a slower thing because people like this is not a a well-known healing process Mm -hmm. so for people this is very radical this is very like kind of quacky and like crazy to them um so i do put on classes at a health food store they're free um so that's that's a way that i do like outreach um sometimes they're more fuller than others so it just kind of depends uh but i do market myself on facebook and instagram um i also provide like free consultations to people because i depending on the case um, because I want this information to be available to everybody. I think healing should be available to everybody. I do still value my time, but like with certain people, I'm just like, man, I just want to help you. Like, I just like you and I want to help you. I do get very personal with my clients. Um, I do two hour sessions initially. Um, I want to get to know them a little bit. I want to, is that, um, um, Skype or is that like face to face or both like in real world, real world? Yeah, I'll do 
video um, and then I'll do face to face as well. Hmm. Um, I, so I'll talk about, so it, we go over the physical and mental health issues that they're having. We go over their genetic history. Um, I'll, we'll talk about their current diet and what their goals are. Um, cause everyone's goals are a little bit different. Uh, some people don't even want to be fully raw. However, like that's what I'm going like too bad. Kind of like that. Mm. If you want to heal, that's what you gotta do. Mm. But, um, you know, it's up to them ultimately. And I've had clients that, you know, they, they tried it and this is another thing too. So that, that I learned over, um, having a few clients is that everyone is very different and where they're coming from. Mm. So I, I've tried, you know, taking someone on the standard American and putting them just plant-based and that didn't, that didn't really work. So depending on their level of severity, like I haven't worked with anyone with cancer or anything that's like super Mm life-threatening. It's been mostly like acute symptoms. Mm -hmm. So with these clients, I like to do it very gradually. So if they're on the standard American diet, let's go just junk food vegan at this point. Let's let's get you off of the the meat, dairy, eggs, all that. And I'll also advise them to cut out the grains. And if they are going to do grains, let's do quinoa, something a little bit more alkaline, um, a little bit better, sprouted sprouted grains, etc. Um, and then after that, we'll take it a step further and we'll do like strictly plant based. So it's just going to be they can still eat cooked food. Um, but it's going to be whole plant food. It's not going to be anything like, like uh, tofu or anything like that. Nothing, nothing like uh, fake meats or anything like that. Mm. Um, and then we do like raw till four, so they can have a cooked meal for dinner, and then it'll be raw. And so it, it, we go up the pyramid because mm. I want this to be something that's going to be, um, what's the word? Sustainable mm. for them. Something sustainable. Something that they can enjoy. So that's what I do with my clients. And then we also discuss herbal protocols. And so I I am a distributor for Dr. Robert Morse. Um, I got that with my certification with him. So I have actually- You're level two. Are you level two detoxification specialist at that level? Just level one. Level one. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want the iridology certification. Um, I don't particularly, like it's, I don't want to have to travel to Florida. I mm. just really don't like. Whereabouts are you, mate? I don't even know. Well, you you West Side then? You LA? Yeah, I'm in Oregon. Oregon. Right that's now. near. Is that near LA? I'm not. Is that near? I'm not too proficient with this stuff. Um, I'm <laughs> north, <laughs> the sound. I've heard of it, but north of Cali. Okay. Okay. So north Cali. Port- okay. Cool. Mm. Yeah. So a bit far away, like you said, from Florida. I see. A bit far away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm waiting for him to put it online and then I will do it definitely because like iridology is super cool. Right now I'm more of an amateur. So I'll do like free readings for people and kind of just trying to like learn a little bit more about it. But it's such an interesting science and I've learned so much from my own eyes. And then like I'll check out my roommate's eyes and whoever mm. will basically let me look in their eyes. <laughs> Any excuse to look at somebody's eyes, huh? <laughs> look into the windows yeah, of the skull. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, so the herbal protocols, and then that's pretty much it. We'll, and then we also like I end up just like talking with my clients. Like we'll we'll just get into we end up getting into a lot. We get into like spirituality and just like their emotional health. And I, I like I mean I'm holistic. I like we need to look at these aspects in order for true healing to occur. Um, and then I also inform them of like the healing crisis and like what that looks like. What it, what 
can look like anyway and maybe ways that we can lessen it because I've, I've seen it get really really bad um like my mm. ex he experienced uh like paralysis so it, it can be pretty oh. intense hmm. Yeah. yeah, these healer crises are, are really bad, but you sound like you've got a protocol there. So you're very personable and you run through the situation with them one to one. Are they on call as well in case there's a crisis? If, if there is a crisis, do they get, they just call you up and are you that available? Yeah. Mm. Yes, they they can. I'm still kind of working out um, logistics with it because it, it has gotten before where it was a little bit too much for me. They were asking a little bit too much for what I I was receiving out of it if that makes sense yes that does um, like yeah of course taking value not taking value on purpose but because yeah i know what you mean there can be a drain if you if they're constantly in your you know yes. yeah yeah. Hmm. yeah exactly like if a client is asking me you know can't like texting me or calling me in the middle of the day or whatever and like can hmm. i eat this it's like you need to determine that if you're asking me if you can eat it it's probably not good for you right <laughs> like, yeah. hmm. so that gets a little bit, little bit much. Um, however, if they are having a healing crisis, if they have a question, um, I'm willing to talk with them. I did see a friend of mine uh, just recently. He he is also um, a raw foodist, and I, he's not a detox specialist. But I saw that he he charges um, two dollars and fifty cents a minute for a call, mm. and so like people can, if they have one question, you know, they can just call, maybe mm. spend like five dollars and and ask him a question or two. And I think that's a really, really good idea. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm going I'm to. No, I think that is because you're putting boundaries there. So in other words, people are going to have to think about before they ask a silly question or before they sometimes they want they, they do, unfortunately, ask these silly questions. So make them think before put their money where their mouth is and you want to help them. But yeah, so that's a good idea to charge a little bit for, you know, a question or something. That's a really good. Exactly. idea. And I also take trades too like it's not I'm really not in this for the money I do like obviously mm. you need to live especially when you're living in Babylon like you need to have money to, to eat well and all mm. of that stuff um, but I am planning on moving to the tropics I'm not going to go too much into that just yet yeah, that's, that. <laughs> that's fine yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah but uh, if people want to trade me certain things, like I'll totally take artwork. If you have like a garden and you want to give me food, like I'll, t I'll take food. I'll take whatever you want to give. I just want there to be an equal exchange of energy um, regardless. So, yeah. yeah. It sounds very exciting because you're 22. I'm 31. So you've got your, I mean, the younger you get into this, the, I mean, the more advantage you have and the more chance you've got of like really going deep into the mastery. That's how I look at it. So you know, yeah. I'm, I'm only just two years into this. So I'm not, I'm not a mastery level, but the point is that the younger you get into this and the more passionate you are, then you're going to go, I guarantee you're going to go, you know, you're, you're enjoying yourself already, but the tropics you won't touch, touch too much about it, but yeah, your dreams will happen, no doubt. And you know, you're helping people already at such an early age. How many people can say that at 22 years old, you know, that they, they, they're making money and helping people and doing what they love. Very few people and help and healing yourself. Most people can't say that, you know, sad, but true. Mm -hmm. Right yeah the so being a detox specialist isn't what i do primarily for money um because mm. like i've only been into this for a year people don't know me like that's why i really try to market myself a little bit um mm. but it is something that i'm working up to and i have helped like a handful of people which is great and i help i mean people will tell me on on social media that i help them a lot so that that makes me feel good but i don't want you to get like the idea of like oh i'm this big business woman because like no, I didn't think that. Not I just think, I know, no, no. I just think that you're getting reference experiences now that are going to serve you well yeah. in the future as you build your base of knowledge and mastery up. So it's very exciting times for you. By the way, quick transition. Are those blue blocking glasses you're wearing? They look, they yes. look like, oh, interesting. Yeah. 
they're, <laughs> they're blue light protective. They're, they've come in clutch for me. I love them. I wear them pretty much all the time. Sometimes I forget to put them on, but when I do forget, I start to like get a headache and my eyes will start to hurt. So I wear them pretty regularly now. Wow. Your eyes are getting really healthy and so sensitive to bad light, probably from fake blue lights that they're actually hurting when you're like, exposing them to for like a couple of seconds. That's crazy. <laughs> yes. Yes. I want to get to the point where it's like I wear eyeglasses. I want to get to the point where I'm not wearing those too. So I know that these will help. Um, I know you've talked about urine therapy and I am very interested in trying that. Um, in my in my eyes specifically i really want to try that especially like i heard dr sabi curing blindness with it and it, mm. that's just it's so intriguing to me so yeah oh it definitely works on the eyes or wherever you put it in so yeah i look forward to talking to you later in the future about that i do want to touch base a little bit back yeah. to the big pharma let's talk a little bit about um that v word the big v vaccines um so yeah. <laughs> I already, what's your opinion on uh vaccines are they good bad are they necessary what kind of benefits or not benefits are there from these things why are they given to babies let's open up the floor to vaccines Woo! yeah right. how long have we got how long have we got guys how long <laughs> <laughs> yeah seriously hmm. okay so no i don't think they're good um i it, i mean i've done so much research on vaccines um in terms of like the ingredients alone just looking at the ingredients alone, there is absolutely no way in anyone's right fucking mind that these are considered medicinal or healthy or healing or beneficial at all. Formaldehyde, aluminum, mercury, MSG, yellow, yellow 80 or whatever that yellow 40, polysorbate 80, or yellow number four. That's what it is. Mm. Um, Wait, isn't that another, isn't that ADHD thing? That thing that gives ADHD to kids? That one you just said. It's like a, a what's it called? Isn't it artificial poly- color? Was that an artificial color? What you just said there? Yeah. That gives ADHD. I'm a hundred percent. That that I used to take, have that in my eye and bruise. That gives you ADHD, man. You, you can't really? concentrate with that shit. Fuck yeah, no, I didn't know that was in vaccines. So you just said, I didn't actually know. Yeah, it's in, it's in wow. vaccines. Yep. Uh, not not all of them. Like not all of these substances are in every single vaccine, but they are in like at least one is in every single vaccine. Sometimes multiple of them. So as well as aborted um, beetle cells and monkey cells. So there, there's a lot of nasty, unhealthy things that you would never ingest. Um, so why would you inject them into your body, you know? And yeah. we get, so I don't, I don't like to go into the history of things um, because I don't see too much credibility in history personally. Um, I, I like to focus more on the here and now. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I will touch on it just for a second because they big pharma used um the decline of diseases uh, in correlation so diseases declined because of sanitation and like better health standards when it came to food and like hygiene and stuff so they used that as a gateway into saying that vaccines were the reason that our our diseases started going away um so that's the only thing that i'll say about the history of them because i know people like want to talk about that however when we're focusing on here and now there's nothing in them that is beneficial to us um we have seen an increase in things like autism seizure disorders other neurological disorders um adhd like mental health issues asthma allergies all of these things and vaccines are definitely a huge huge um uh perpetuator of them or 
whatever the right word is for that, they're, they're definitely a contributing factor. However, what we need to understand is disease in, it, in of itself, that disease isn't something that's caused by a bacteria, virus, or you know, something like that. Disease uh-huh. is the disease of the cells. So if, we're, if, if we want to achieve true health, then we need to talk about our diets too. And, you know, we, we can talk about genetics and stuff, but genetics run in families the same way diets run in families. So it's not a matter of like, oh, I have poor genes. It's a matter of like, okay, yeah, your parents gave you poor genes because their diet was shit and your diet's also shit. So you're also going to, you know, uh, exhibit those same kind of um, genetic weaknesses that they, that they had. You have a predisposition to them, but you're also eating the same shit. So yeah that that's a big thing that we needed to talk about um when whenever we're talking about disease because like mm. we can talk about vaccines all day mm. but unless we talk about the diet too like there's no there's no point True. um yeah the thing with vaccines too is that we're talking about you know viruses and bacteria and that kind of stuff but that is not what causes disease mm. disease is caused by what we eat point blank mm. period the only reason that we can host a bacteria or virus is because we have a dirty terrain we have a lymphatic system that's backed up we have cells that are degenerated we have an endocrine system that's failing us mm-hmm. so these these fungi bacteria viruses are able to live and thrive and cause certain symptoms or at least you know start to give us more symptoms i don't think they're like the cause of symptoms but you know so did I cover everything? Like, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, so, so basically, um, your camp is the Louis, the the Beauchamp versus Pasteur. You're saying Pasteur is wrong in a way. The the, the bacteria and the virus is the cause of the disease. You're saying you're with Beauchamp. That um, it's the terrain. If the terrain's dirty from poor diet and from your parents' genetics, um, poor emotional health. That's the cause of disease to you. Primary cause of disease. Oh yeah, definitely. I think like bacteria and viruses. You know, those those are definitely real. Like I'm not denying that at all. However, they can't live and thrive in an environment that, that they can't eat. If they can't eat there, then what's the point of them living there, you know? Mm. So if, they're, if you have a stagnant lymphatic system, if you're eating things like dairy that are causing, um, like bacteria, we have bacteria in our lymph nodes already. They help clean up waste. That is their job. So if you are full of waste, then yeah, you're going to get bacterial infections. You're going to have an overgrowth of bacteria. In my case, I had overgrowth of fungus. So like, yeah, you are going to have those things because your body is, is congested. Yeah. What's your opinion, by the way? I was thinking while you are talking on um, having your tonsils removed, your appendix. Are these good things for the body or what are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god no i had my adenoids tonsils and uvula removed no way um, nothing going on up here because i kept i had an, an enlarged uvula i would sit on my tongue and it was causing sleep apnea and then i also had i was constantly having um strep throat and like tonsillitis and stuff so they chopped them out um which is stupid you were they, they treated the symptom and not the cause why were they swollen to begin with maybe because i was eating copious amounts of fucking dairy and processed food and refined sugar so i don't think that having these surgeries is beneficial we're, we have we were born with these glands and and organs for a reason let's focus on why they're having um problems and not not chopping them out like that's just yeah. that makes sense 
Yeah. Do you agree that um, you can fix, um, you've got tonsillitis, you've got appendix that's kind of bursting or kind of inflamed, not burst yet. Do you think it's fixable to fix them with diet or nutrition or health and stuff? Is that possible or is it too late for them? Do you think it's if, it's, if it's not causing pain, um, like, okay, so if you were, if you were my client and you were having pain in your abdomen, I, I'm not legally, I'm not a doctor and I can't give you medical advice. So I would, I would instruct you to go to see a doctor, go to the emergency room. If you're having any pain or discomfort, like that is what you should do a hundred percent. Um, so However, if you're not having pain, if you, you know, maybe it is swollen, like you're, you went to your doctor and they said it was swollen or something, and maybe they're trying to schedule you for like ap an appendectomy, um, I would try. I would give it a shot. You know, I don't think there's any hurt in trying, especially if it's not bothering you and you are going to be committed. Because that's the thing is like people will say like, oh, yeah, I want to do this. I want to do this. And maybe they are kind of doing it, but they're half-assing it. You know, yeah. they're not doing it to the fullest extent and that's why they're, they're continuing to see problems. So if you're serious about it and you're like, Hey, my appendix is swollen. I'm, I'm ready. I'm going to go full fruit. I would say, hell yeah. Do, do, you know, like a two or we great fast or something and let, let's yeah. get this swelling down. Let's get all of this, you know, stuff working again. So. Yeah. You know, I read something today in a book that you might like, this information. It said that when you've got a disease, you have to take five times more nutrition. And the way I perceive that is you've got to be five times more hardcore when you've got a disease to fix it than if you didn't. So, to, so in other words, if you're kind of healthy, you haven't got a problem, you won't need as much. You have to work harder on your body with nutrition and health protocols and fruits and fasting when you're ill. And you're, you, need, you need to be more hardcore because you've done to, you've gone past a point, basically. You've breached a point. It doesn't mean it's not fixable. It just now means that you've got no choice. You can't just, you can't half-ass it. Like you said, you have to go all fruits all vegan or uh, up your intermittent fasting, whatever. You can't, you can't take, you know, half measures. Yeah, I fully agree with that. Like if you, if you're suffering with symptoms of disease, like, yeah, definitely up it. Like if you have cancer, you can't, if a client came to me with cancer, there's no way in hell that I'm just going to say, okay, we're going to go junk food vegan because you're on the standard American diet. Like, no, we got to be rigorous with this. Like we want to kick its butt. We don't want it to kick yours. So yep. we need to get on the grapes. We need to get on the fruits, the berries, the melons, like all of that good stuff. We got to do fasting at least for a certain amount of time. That's yep. not to say like for the rest of your life, you're going to be great fasting. You know, it's just going to be 40 days, maybe two months, maybe three at the, at the most, depending on how severe the case is. But like, that shouldn't be the case. That's only if they're kind of like half-assing it, like, you know, they're maybe doing it for a few days, and then they eat something crappy. But if they're rigorous with it, it shouldn't, you shouldn't have to be on a strict protocol for more than like two months. And that, that's, that's a lot. So. Yeah. I like it. So do you think that fruit, fruits to me is like fasting. Do you think that um, fasting is important as fruits, which is more important? Or do you just put them as both part of your protocols to your clients? Or do you just leave that to yourself? Do you just, just keep them on the foods and don't worry about fasting or intermittent fasting? Um, I no, I think fasting is important. It just with fasting, um, it needs to be practiced. And I think that takes some time for people myself included um i've i've done a prolonged juice fast and it ended with me binge eating because uh, i suffered with binge eating most of my life um so restricting myself to that point was too much for me so i went back to intermittent fasting 
And that has really, really been working for me now. I typically fast around 14 hours a day. Sometimes it can go up to 20 hours a day. It all depends on my mood and how I'm feeling. Cool. What type um, of fast are you doing? A water fasting in between those 20 hours, 40 20 hours, or dry fasting, or juice fasting? Mostly, mostly dry fasting. Dry um, fasting. I will have juice though as well or coconut water so i really don't drink regular water um i just prefer like the sweetness from juice or coconut water people think i'm crazy because like i really don't drink water but i don't mm. feel the need if i'm hydrated through my my fruit and whatever else so but with a client i typically would not instruct them to fast too much depending on what level they're at they're already vegan and they've experienced it like raw vegan they've experienced yeah. fasting at, at certain levels then yes i did have a client that did that immediately when i when i met her she went on a grape and lemon fast for two weeks and i was like oh my god like that's amazing wow. um but some clients just can't and i i want to work with whatever level you're at so it's also about what they're comfortable yeah. with like some people naturally they just don't eat from like eight to eight or something like that so yeah that's great um, but I do think fasting plays a huge role in detox, especially when like you're really trying to dig deep into your lymphatic system. If you have a lot of sulfur buildup, like fasting is going to be amazing for you. Um, it's also great for your emotional health um, and your digestive system. Like it really regulates your digestive system. So that's that's why I like it. It keeps me keeps my digestion regular and it's great for my mental health so yeah i also read um what motivated me to fasting is i read a study that said fasting alleviates depression so people sometimes think it's going to make them stressed but actually what it does is it makes you happy so mm -hmm. that's you know it's something we should all be doing intermittent yeah. every day really hmm. yeah i mean i've definitely experienced that i notice if i'm not fasting that's when i become more sluggish and depressed and and less energy when i am fasting like I barely need to sleep. I have just so much energy. Um, I'm happier. I'm just more with it. Like I'm clear headed. So I really, I like that. Yeah. I love it. I love Dr. Morse for fruits and fasting. He's now doing, talking about dry fasting, which is brilliant and fasting and fruits and, and exercise uh, rebounding. There's a lot of things um, that I like about Dr. Morse's that he's preaching. And he's, and let's be honest here. He's, changed the lives of thousands, hundreds of thousands. I don't even want to think about the amount of people that have changed, um, not just me and you, but people that, wow, lives have changed and real, real diseases, you know, real, real end of life stuff. Um, yeah. I, he's healed people that had like paralysis of their limbs, you know, like people with cancer, all these things. Like he's, he's a wonderful, wonderful human. Like I am very grateful to him for the knowledge that he puts out and, He's just he's freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, he is. And he's always so knowledgeable and kind. I think that's one of his strengths. He's a really kind person, apart from his knowledge. Like you can see on his videos, he's very compassionate. And uh, people love meeting him as well. He's very open to people meeting him. Very open to that as well, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we love Dr. Morse. I know. He, <laughs> they're doing uh, an ISOD level one right now. And I'm like so jealous. I have a couple of friends down there and they get to meet him and stuff. And I'm like, I wish I could meet him. I want to yeah. give him a hug and just say like, thank you. Yeah. Like, I think you will one day, mate. It's been put on your bucket list. It'll happen hundred percent. You can't not meet him. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking that too. I can't not meet somebody that's a legend. So yeah, man. Yeah, true. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So back to the vaccines a little bit. Um, yeah. I was thinking as well, the vaccines, they're not just something that you, that you've already said all the bad things about them. And I was just thinking through, it's not just something you ingest. So if you ingest something, at least you've got the liver, to kind of on the digestive system, the detox to kick in. But if you're taking it through the skin of a vaccine or puncturing into the bloodstream, 
surely that's like the worst way to get if it's a medicine fine that's probably the best way to get a medicine in to inject it in but if you've got a poison and you're injecting it not even drinking it surely that's just going to knock the immune system and completely wipe out that child baby adult's chance of being healthy like in just one second your life can that's how i look at it i don't know if your opinion like one second your life can be kind of your health can just be knocked like a 10 points down <laughs> from one thing yeah oh yeah i actually um there's this girl my sister's friends with she just like last week posted that um she went in for a gardasil vaccine within 10 minutes her brain was bleeding and she was on the floor whoa well how old is she how old was this girl She's like 20. 20. Uh, so that's a 20 year old. That is a, that is an adult, technically speaking. Like that's a 20 year old who has a functioning like body for the most part, you know, like obviously we're not talking about her diet, but like now think about a baby and a baby is supposed to get like 30 vaccinations by the time they're two. All of that toxicity. And then we wonder, oh, well, why are like, we have these babies that are dying of SIDS and it's like, it's not SIDS. They have they had a chemical overload. Like they were flooded with neurotoxins and they fucking died. It yeah. wasn't the sudden death. It was, it was like they were murdered and yeah. the yeah. doctors aren't, they're not well-trained on vaccinations. They don't know what's in them. Like they, they're not trained in nutrition either. Like these doctors are trained to treat things and they're trained to, to sell you things. That's they, they make money off of sick people. They make money off of death. That's that's not fucking healing. That's bullshit. It, it makes me mad. It makes me mad. <laughs> yeah, I'm mad too. Listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it pisses me off, man. Because like I think about all the shit that I went through. Because I was vaccine injured as well. And then I think about the pharmaceutical industry and how they fucked with me. And then I think about like my cousins because I, I have little cousins who they're all vaccine injured. Um, uh, two of them are on the autism spectrum, and I I fully think it's from vaccines. Hmm. Um, and then I hear about this, like my sister's friend who goes in for a vaccine and her fucking brain is bleeding and she's bedridden. Like she could have died. She could have fucking died. And that's just, that's just a small portion of the shit that I've heard. Like I've had random people, I used to work at a health food store. I've had so many random people tell me that they were vaccine injured. Their children were vaccine injured. Their children died from a vaccine. Children developed autism shortly, like one to two days after having a vaccine. Like, all of these things and then and then meanwhile we have the pharmaceutical industry um that are they're the government is literally trying to shut down anyone that says anything bad about vaccines but all of this stuff is out there like we're not just quacks like this is actual science when something is happening and we are seeing an adverse effect that is fucking science you can't yeah. deny that yeah. like we are seeing the effects of vaccinations we are seeing the effects of the pharmaceutical industry and they're they're destroying our health they're destroying people have you have you ever wondered um based on the fact that you know so many people and me myself i'm vaccine damaged too i went short-sighted at 13 i'm still short-sighted now and i do so many healthy things from that vaccine that's 20 years later thank you very much big farmer anyway have you wondered like um people don't get people that have they hear stories just like us like someone they know has had a child after this and they they i don't understand sometimes how they can't see that that what we see like how can they not see that that is and is it because they what's your opinion they put so much faith in the doctors they're so brainwashed what's going on that they can't see what you're seeing the, the truth the realities of that. yeah I think people I mean it, we we have been brainwashed we've been brainwashed pretty severely um like everything that we've been taught in school for the most 
part was a lie. So, like, it, it's hard. And people want to trust their government. They don't think that these people could be doing things that are bad for us. And, I mean, a lot of people don't even believe in chemtrails, even though, like, it's literally right in front of their face that they're they're spraying stuff, you know? So, it it's difficult. And then, you know, we get into the, the aspect of, like, well, cigarettes are legal and alcohol is legal and all these things are legal that are actually fucking horrible for us. So, like, it's it's difficult I think for people to grasp and it's also scary it it's really scary when I woke up to all of this I was definitely in a very fear-based mindset I was very angry I was sad I was like well why am I here I kind of went through like a suicidal period where it's like maybe I should just kill myself and exit this matrix for good Hmm. um or well not for good but I would just get cycled back but like (laughs) yeah you would and then you come back as something else you're like try again Um, so it's definitely scary for people, I think. And that is, I think that's like the biggest one. And also if it doesn't affect them personally, I feel like people need to have, um, an upfront, like very close to home effect of, uh, the pharmaceutical industry or diet or whatever, in order for them to really like snap out of it and wake up. Uh, and that, I mean, that, that's what happened personally for me with the pharmaceutical industry, as well as my diet. Like I suffered severely from it. And I also watched my family suffer from these things. Mm. So with vaccinations, um, it's a little bit different. It's more so like, I want to have children one day and I don't want them to be vaccinated. So like I did research on vaccines. I also like started hearing and seeing more stories about like vac- vaccine injury. So that kind of piqued my interest. Um, and then I also, once I did do more research, I realized I myself was vaccine injured. So I'm like, damn, pretty much everyone is vaccine injured to some degree, whether it's asthma or seizures or whatever, like you are vaccine injured. Yeah. There's no way a poison go in your body. It doesn't matter what age and not have a negative impact. Now it might be hidden. It might not be obvious, but something's going on. Like I told you, it's a massive dump minus points on your health. And it's just actually, it's testament to me, the power of the human body that you can like appear normal and undamaged um appearing normal after a vaccine but i promise you underneath the layers there's something weird going on isn't there there's something there's an extreme level of damage and the body's had to taken a hit it's no way it can't taken a hit like they're supposed to put small they're supposed to put small doses of poison of what is it the the vaccine is small doses of the bad thing and no good and nothing bad but actually it doesn't work like that it's all poison and oh man yeah yeah and it it stays in you so like it's like a drug deposit it stays in your cells and tissue until it's detoxed out and once it gets detoxed out once you start detoxing that's when you can experience some pretty heavily heavy symptoms like what i uh, mentioned earlier about my ex experiencing um temporary paralysis of his limbs Mm. and things like that so it's important uh if you are detoxing and you have done a lot of pharmaceuticals if you're taking a lot of pharmaceuticals um i do think it's very important to work with a detox specialist so you have some support there and so you have some better guidance unless you are into it like i am where you're going like balls to the walls information overload like you are reading everything you are taking it slow like you know what you're doing i would highly recommend working with someone who does otherwise yeah i I agree with you there's such thing i think as rushing the process right and going too much into pain and detoxing too much in the bloodstream at once you know there's stories of people dying i don't have your opinion like people can die apparently from fasting too long and you know all these kind of things Hmm. yeah it's Yes, exactly. And that's just because your body is too toxic and you were detoxing too fast. So slow and steady wins the race, man. Like there is, there's no rush in healing. 
um, take your time. Like, who are you trying to beat? You know, I know like, and that's, that's a huge problem I have with like the weight loss industry is that they push like, Oh, lose 20 pounds in a week. And it's like, yeah. And then you're going to gain 50. So like, what's the point in doing that? It's like, you're going to starve yourself or do whatever the diet is telling you to do. And then you do that for a week, maybe you lose 10, 20 pounds and then it comes back and then some. Mm -hmm. So losing, whether you're losing weight, whether you're detoxing, whatever it is that you're doing, do it slowly and gradually. Don't do, don't try to rush it. Like with me, I lost 70 pounds really fast, not because I was trying to, but because that's what my body did. Um, I didn't like, obviously I wanted to lose weight. That was a big goal of mine but that wasn't the main goal. I was focused on healing my body and um, just be being overall like well and, and happy. So hmm. not um, just, just slowing down and remembering that like there, you're not competing with anyone. Yeah. You know, you, know, you, you said something interesting there about going slow. I think part of the problem with the matrix is that we've been brought up from childhood to, to adulthood if we're still in the system of like expecting instant results, whether that be drugs, whether that be um, buying, buying things we don't need to, to relieve depression. Um, everything is instant, like porn even for guys. It's all instant, instant, instant gratification. You know, you deserve this. You're entitled to this. You can fix it just like that. Now, we need to start getting people into the mindset of, life is slow um there's reward in stoicism and like taking small discipline small action and it's much more satisfying life and more more conducive with true healing to, to really heal the body truly than fake healing of what big pharma says which is really not healing at all it's actually damaging the body by giving you a, a quick fix a little band-aid which actually fucks you up in the long term it's not a band-aid at all it's real like chemotherapy do you want to touch base a little bit with um cancer what do you think of chemotherapy um surgery and radiation because they're very popular, and even now, it's going on in all the hospitals everywhere, so. Yeah, um, so chemo radiation, it, it's basically lighting your body on fire. It just destroys all of your cells, um, it, damages, it damages your body. Yeah, maybe it, you know, gets rid of the cancer for a time, for a period of time, but ultimately, if you're not changing your diet, the cancer is just going to come back, and you've also destroyed your body with chemo and radiation, so like, the chances of it coming back are very, very high. Um, I do know people that it doesn't come back, which like, great, but they've also suffered some after effects. Like my grandma, for example, she um, has something that they call chemo brain, where her, her, her entire personality changed a little bit. Really? Um, it was kind of, oh. yeah, she just became, I hope she never sees this, but I, <laughs> she mm. just kind of, she probably won't. She just became, um more aggressive in my opinion um she got she she never was very angry or like agitated um she was always very sweet and like not i don't want to call her like docile but like just just very just sweet you know kind-hearted um and she still is to an extent but she definitely changed after chemo she got a lot harder and she got a lot um she's very easily agitated and she's just it's not the same as she as she was before um so i saw that change in her um i don't i, I personally would not do chemo and radiation obviously like that's not the even if you paid you a million pounds a million pounds 10 million pounds 10 million oh, no for money you want me to poison myself for money right <laughs> people don't see like that though do they like people you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no um yeah so i don't think that's right for, in terms of surgery, so I do think the allopathic 
uh, industry has some purpose in terms of emergencies. Um, I also, so I live with a trans person and they are opting to have top surgery and I'm fully supportive of them because I, I do understand um, the, the gender spectrum now more so than I did before. Um, a lot of truthers believe that um, there's only two sides of it, that there's male and there's female and that's that. And although I do believe that there is the male and female sex, although there could be a third one, which is like when you're, when you have both. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I do think that gender is a spectrum and it can be expressed in many, many forms. And if someone, I, if someone feels that having um, an elective surgery like that would improve their life, they've thought long and hard about this. And they're like, you know what, this is really going to make me happy. This is going to help me express myself better. Um, then I think that, you know, you should do what you feel is right. I do also um, see a physical like detox side of that as well with the endocrine system and building that up. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there's also an aspect with it with vaccines. Uh, my, my roommate has not been vaccinated. Um, but I do, I have known people that were vaccinated that um, expressed that they suffered with gender dysphoria. And I think that's because they put um, aborted fetal cells in to the vaccine. So they're getting an overload of X or Y chromosome. I've also known people that absorbed a twin and had gender dysphoria. Um, which my roommate did and another person I know did. Um, so there, there is definitely a physical aspect to it. However, gender dysphoria, I think, um, is definitely more of like the emotional, spiritual. So I, in terms of elective surgery, I think um, gender expression is something, if people choose to do it, you know, whatever, let them. If it makes you happy, go for it. Other, aside from that, the only surgeries I think that are, are good would be like, um, like emergency surgeries. Yeah, so. I'm with you on emergency surgeries. It's kind of necessary, but also um, with the trans as well. I'm I'm also in the truth movement. I understand what they're saying logically with the male female aspect, but also I'm thinking as well. If I had real experience like yourself, I know this for a fact. If I had real experience myself with someone else. What it does, is it opens me up to the realities of what people are going through, their emotions, and who am I to argue with someone that wants to get something done that they feel is going to make them happy? Because it's not me living that body and their experience. It's them. So I'd probably be, you know, I'm very open that way in that sense. And yeah, that's probably the best thing to do. Be open-minded to people. If there's possibilities nowadays with surgery to, to make people happier. I mean, some of them, I mean, it, it, this goes deep because like you think about this plastic surgery too also makes, this is a bit different, but I mean, if someone wants to get plastic surgery, then fine. And they think it's going to make them happier, then go for it. I mean, it might not, yeah. them, but you know, these, these things are available for people and they're, they're available because society you know with plastic surgery anyway it's gone wrong a little bit society you know people are looking for look being a bit more superficial than normal and you know yes it's crazy hmm. yes and i do think like the superficial aspect of plastic surgery like i don't particularly agree with that however like to each their own i don't give a shit what you do with your body like it's your body do do what you want with it when it comes to gender identity and dysphoria I've seen like my my roommate is my my brother I love them I love them so so fucking much and I have um I've had very deep intellectual conversations with them about this we've talked about my side of things with like the physical aspect of it and the emotional and the spiritual and they've really you know opened up and explained things very well to me I've also experienced 
experienced um, myself just living with them, mm -hmm. uh, like understanding different forms of gender expression. And I do think we, I, I think living in a binary, uh, gender binary is kind of detrimental to us. Um, you know, we teach boys that they can't dress the way they want. We teach girls they can't dress the way they want. If they want to wear makeup, if they want to grow their hair out long, et cetera, you know, whatever it is, we, we form these like very um, uh, closed minded, like little boxes for people to be in. And I think that's pretty detrimental. And I also think like, when it comes to having surgeries, I, I feel like if we weren't um, so brainwashed in, in what we are supposed to look like and dress like and act like in terms of the gender binaries, um, I don't think that surgery would be as important as it is to some people. Mm. Um, I do think like it is still very important and valid, like they are valid in wanting that, um, especially like I, I don't know what it's like to not feel at home in my gender. I don't know what it's like mm. um, to not feel like I don't know what it's like to feel like I'm actually a boy in a girl's body you know oh. and I can only imagine how uncomfortable that would be I yeah. mean I know what it's like to be uncomfortable in my body like I was morbidly obese for most of my life and I hated my body and that was so uncomfortable so I can only imagine what it's and that but that was changeable so I can only imagine what it's like to feel um like if I was a boy in a woman's body I would be I be so uncomfortable so if there's something that you can do to alleviate that um surgically or other like yes i don't i really am not a supporter of um synthetic hormones however mm. um is that like testosterone you talk about testosterone therapy estrogen therapy that's what it is okay you're not a supporter i've heard i've heard i'll be open i'll be honest i've heard good things about them so enlighten me on your opinion on why you're not supporting them um i well i don't I don't really do like synthetic anything. I, I, I think anything unnatural in the body just really, it, it, it can be more detrimental than anything else. However, I have heard some good things about it as well um, in terms of like the physicality of it, but I've also heard some pretty bad things about like the, um, the emotional and mental aspect of it. Like it really fucks with your head. And it, I mean, it's like you're going through puberty again. So it, it's, it can be pretty rough. Um, I would love to find a more natural way for people to boost testosterone or estrogen. Um, Speak to me. I do the I do the testosterone thing. Get your get your yeah. genitals get your genitals get your genitals in the sunshine in the morning in the afternoon. You're as your man or a woman, like do it. Like expose it to the sun. Your 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 testosterone will rise like crazy every single day. Facts oh. like the, the sun power. We're talking about natural methods here. Also for men, don't um, masturbate. Uh, unless you're you have a partner, you know we we discussed this before on your on your page. So yeah, <laughs> there are there are ways there are ways natural ways for us to to get for men and women to get high estrogen testosterone levels and to clean up. It's it's just general cleansing, isn't it? Just just what we talked about: fruits, fasting. Um, yeah. So this would be more so for like someone who's trans. Um, okay. Um. So like my my roommate is. Um, female to male transgender so they want to have more testosterone so i'm wondering how oh. like mm -hmm. maybe I, I don't know if the sun would actually boost their testosterone, would it boost okay. testosterone? No. in that case yeah. no because they don't have the parts do they for that for that even though yeah. they not, not yeah, physically yeah, yeah. They don't physically have those so yeah um that would be we're we're working on it we've talked a lot about it um so we and uh they are very uh into herbalism um, so we're, we're trying to figure out maybe what we could do to help boost their testosterone a little bit. I think that would be very 
very interesting to see if we can do that a little bit more naturally mm. um, as well. Like they are going to be having surgeries too. So I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this, but I haven't mentioned their name, so I guess it's fine. Yeah, I'll put you in touch, by the way, with a guy called Sean that um, knows a lot of herbs that are really powerful for testosterone boosting. I can't remember the top of my head, but I'll message you after this. So yeah, that, that, okay. that's powerful what you're saying there. Really powerful information. And you know what I, I was thinking as well? Um, for me personally, with gay people, um, obviously I'm straight, but I understand, um, this is why I've never really been homophobic, even though my one of my parents is. Um, so <laughs> I, if, you think, if I think about this, if they're gay, then I can't, I can't, I can't imagine that, you know, I can't imagine that, but at the same time, that's who they are and that's who, what they're seeing. So they're not attracted to the same sex. They're not attracted to the opposite sex. They're attracted to the same sex. So that's their reality. So who am I to deny someone's reality and say that's morally wrong when I'm not living in your body and I'm not the one that's attracted to the same sex, but I can understand that you actually are and you're not faking it. That's the key. It's not a fake thing. It's whatever they're going through, trans and gay people, it's real to them. And, and some people will say this. Some people say, well, that's not real. Like the, in the truth of community, they'll say, well, guys and girls only. And they'll say gay people aren't made like that. And they're just making it up. No, that's what they feel. That's actually yeah. what they feel. Like they're not making yeah. it up. No, exactly. That's their reality. And who are we to deny that? You know, that that's kind of fucked up and egotistical of us. And mm -hmm. I consider myself to be pansexual. So I, I like basically anyone based off of like who they are as a person, not so much of like what their gender or sex is. Um, so like, it's just what I like, you know, and, and the other thing too, is like, if you're not harming anyone, you know, like, who the fuck cares? Why does it matter? Yeah. Like, it's about love, right? Like, that, that's yeah. the whole point of, like, healing and being happy is, like, to love yourself and love better, love, be able to spread that love. So, like, if that's all you're doing, you're not being detrimental, and, you know, why not? And I see a lot of this crap in, in the truth, truth community where people are being really fucked up and mean. And I, that, I have distanced myself from social media many times because of it. I, I've deleted lots of people off my social media and taken breaks altogether just because people get so fucking mean, man. Like they're just constantly like they're shitting on people. They're fear mongering. They're just being assholes. And it's like, yeah. what's the point of revealing the matrix? What's the point of all this? If that's where you're ending. I think that for them, they can't change anything. Like if, if people, if they were like me and you and other people that were on a mission and helping people and getting a lot of value out of that, I don't think they would do. I think they're just bitter because they're not on a mission. They're not helping people. And you can't help people, by the way, by being bitter. But do you know what I think about the truth community? You can't help people in the truth of community, really, because you can't change like pedophilia tomorrow or even plant seeds in it. There's no point in my mind. But what you can do is you can change your health and be an inspiration to other people in your health. So I've stopped a long time ago. I had to learn the hard way to stop with conspiracies. I, I do every now and again just to make people think I'm interesting. But the truth is I don't focus on that anymore. It used to be a big part of my life. But now I'm all about yeah. myself, like health, health, what I can do, inspire people towards the light. Don't, don't focus too much on the dark because I'll leave that for other people to do. That's their mission maybe, but it's not mine. I don't think it's yours either, right? No, I used to be super into conspiracy theories and I still am like, you know, I'm into flat earth. I'm into like. Wait, you know, what? The earth's flat? Did you just say the earth's flat? <laughs> 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 well, I mean, I don't, I actually don't know. None of us know. No, I'm joking, mate. Yeah. picture of it. So, um, but, you know, I used to be super into that and like the Rothschilds and like I do know, like, I, I like 
reading about certain things like the federal reserves and how to you know get out of the matrix and stuff but that's not my main point anymore like my main purpose is to educate people to heal myself to you know get more positive information out there the only thing that i really focus on now in terms of like a negative is vaccinations because i want to spread um information about the the detrimental aspect of vaccines yes. like I want to spread the truth about vaccines yeah so that's like the only real negative one and then once in a while i'll throw in like a flat earth reference just because it's fun do you know what i found with the vaccines one i found the vaccines one is very easy to get people against the pharmaceutical industries once they stuck that's the in that's why i think it's the in for a lot of people if you get them in with the vaccines then all of a sudden they'll blossom into like on um, pharmaceuticals and all the true healing modalities that's the one i've noticed yeah. people seem to gravitate towards seems to be the one we can get people you know, in truth communities into involved with our, with our stuff. Yeah. That's if we can even break through to them though. Cause I've had people that are like hardcore, like, no, we need vaccines. And I'm like, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> need I'll tell you what the ultra vaccine is. You might disagree with this. It's fine. Urine, your urine's fine. It's a vaccine. Cause it's got all, you're fighting diseases every single day. We've all got cancer in our bodies every single day. Everyone's got cancer. Everyone's got diseases. And we don't even know about these fights cause they're not big enough to come up to a, a massive level. But in, when you drink your pee, your fresh urine, guess what? It's got the antibodies. So you're doubling up your immune system. You've got those diseases in, it's an actual vaccine to me. The only actual vaccine that works is that there's no, you know, poison kind of dead animal cells, whatever vaccine shit. So if people are worried, then well, really they should just drink their pee. And I promise they'll never get, there's no way that if you drink your pee early enough into a disease, you're ever going to get that disease. Cause you just, your body's like doubling up. But, hmm. Yeah. I, I definitely do um, agree with like the, like the urine being um, like your own little like flu shot, basically. Um, I will say, however, with like the cancer aspect of it, I think cancer happens when we have a lymphatic system backup or buildup, I guess. So it, it ends up just mutating the cells. I don't think we like live with cancer because like cancer to me is that is the DJ. That's like the last stage of degeneration of the body. So like if you're, if you're degenerating yourself consistently, then I guess, yeah, you're building up to cancer, but I don't think we like necessarily live with cancer, if that makes sense. Yeah, I hear you. Do you know, I, I, yeah. I heard something interesting today you might like. I don't know what your opinion on this is, but I read in a book that um, the main lymphatic system organ is the colon. Now, I've never heard this before, and it triggered me, and I thought, whoa, this is good. This sounds pretty cool. What do you reckon to that? Yeah. No, I, I, I actually agree with that. Um, the only – so that, that's, I think, where I differ with Dr. Morse, um, especially after learning a little bit more about urine therapy. Um, I don't think that the lymphatic – system goes out through the kidneys it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me um because uh some things some pointers have been brought to my attention in regards to like urine therapy i've talked to a couple people uh you included um with men specifically i don't it doesn't make sense to me that that like lymphatic waste would be going out through the, the through the penis like the same place where life stems from yeah um same thing with women like we have life in the front and like an exit in the back, you know? So like when we bleed that, that's still, that's life, you know, when we're peeing, that would be, I guess, life form as well. And then when we're like from the back, we're, you know, that's, that's the waste. That's the real waste. That's where our food waste goes. So it kind of makes sense to me. That's where our lymphatic waste would go as well. Yeah. Um, especially with like the colon being so big and connected to like your nervous system and like all the, it just makes more sense. You also don't 
see like you do see kidney failure but you don't see like kidney cancer but you see colon cancer you know what i mean yeah so yeah very definitely true, makes sense that the colon yeah. would be the main exit i thought so too by the way something interesting you'll find like when people drink and myself included most people when they drink fresh urine for the first time like maybe like a cup full not just a little bit a cup full uh, whichever morning night whatever it's very common that you're going to get runs and diarrhea and that kind of correlates in my mind to the colon being the fat what it's doing i think is your body is cleaning out the colon that it's because it's so fucking dirty and you've just tried urine therapy and it happens to healthy people too so you think you're healthy and then you go and drink some urine and you're like why is the colon just shitting out loads of crap i know it's it's it's, it's bad stuff whatever it's doing the urine i don't know what it's doing but it seems to be clearing out I clearing out the colon, which is part of the lymphatic system, which I believe, but I also believe as well, I'm reading this book, it makes sense to me, urine therapy helps your lymphatic system big time. This resonates in my heart. Uh, when you drink a urine, you're also cleaning out your lymphatic system, which is crazy. Like, it's doing a lot of things, but it's cleaning out your lymphatic system too. It definitely makes sense to me. I mean, urine therapy, that the whole basis of it is that you're drinking blood plasma. So that, it, I mean, that makes sense to me 100% that it would be cleaning out your lymphatic system and strengthening all of your cells and tissue. Um, I do think, so like the other side of this, I, I have seen mucus in my urine. Mm. So like, I definitely think that you can excrete um, like lymphatic waste through your urine. Mm. I'm just, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I'm still kind of, like, I, I tried it once, and it was just, it was kind of gross for me. Um, so, like, I want to do it more topically. Yeah. And then maybe work my way up to doing it internal. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I definitely see the benefits of it. I can't, it's hard, for me, it's hard to not listen to people. Like, when someone's telling me, like, hey, this is working, and, like, more and more people, and then, like, Dr. Sabi, and, like, it's just, there's something there you know i'm not going to discredit that because you know the doctor i studied from says something different you know which is funny because a lot of people do a lot of people do discredit actually and um i love dr morse but i've noticed a trap in the dr morse community and it's a lot it's like 70 80 percent of his uh of people that worship him which is fine because i think he's a great guy but there's a lot of people that get caught in a trap because he's telling people that urine therapy is 95 i read in his book by the way it's a good book but he says in it, I got triggered a little bit. It said urine therapy is 95% waste, like not even a little bit, not in lymphatic waste, mate, 95% waste. So I'm thinking in my yeah. mind, if it's poison, why isn't everyone dying from it? Why aren't babies dying in the womb, fetuses, because they're drinking their own pee? Hey, you, you, you know something interesting as well I read recently? Babies, if they can't pee, the fetus can't pee in the womb, it, you know, they have a problem with peeing, the baby dies. Mm-hmm. That's why we know that the baby needs to drink its pee to make the lungs and kidneys. Literally, the baby dies in the womb if it does if it can't pee. That's what, that's how it needs urine therapy. So they have to open it up, the baby, and let the fix the baby's um, penis or whatever, and then it starts peeing properly, and then it gets healed. But if it doesn't, it dies. Urine to me is so essential to to, to the beginning of a baby. So why is it not essential to an adult? And it, it like you say, it works. Yeah. It works. It works. And everyone I know. Everyone I know, including myself, <laughs> it just works. Yeah, and like I, I don't understand um, why it would be considered waste if like you're supposed, like if you're in the desert, you're you're told to like drink your urine and that it's a very, very sterile fluid. So like, why would we be drinking acidic? Why would we be told to drink acidic waste when we're like dying and yeah, 
in the desert or whatever, you know, like why that it just doesn't make too much sense to me. And also just the fact, like, I think what resonated with me the most is that it like for a man, especially like, why would that much, why would lymphatic waste be going out through the same hole that is creating life? Doesn't make any sense to me. So, and I've actually, um, so I don't know if this is gross, but like when I, I, what I've started to do, I'm like working my way up to urine therapy. I know this is like, this is a huge, this is such a baby step. You're putting your big girl pants on. You're putting your big girl pants on. Yeah. You're you're getting ready. I'm trying. (laughs) Um, I, I've just stopped like wiping Mm. when I, after I pee Mm. and I've actually noticed, um, like it's just like healthier if that makes sense. Like it just looks and feels like healthier down Mm. there. So like, I don't know. That's, I've been doing that for the last like couple of weeks and I haven't had, um, once in a while, like I said before, I'll have some like candida trickling out. Mm. I really haven't had any since I started doing that. Um, and I've also had like dryness and like other issues. That's more of an adrenal gland thing. But since I've been doing this, um, I haven't really had any of like those kinds of issues. Mm. So it seems to be helping. Um, and like you know, I'm not using as much toilet paper, so like saving the trees. <laughs> yeah, saving the trees, saving the trees, same thing. Yeah. Don't get rid, of, getting rid of your, not getting rid of your waste products. So, yeah. Yes. Another thing as well, yeah. I thought about is like breast milk is very good, and that's that's a product of your blood, breast milk, um, for the woman, and also your sperm is powerful. That's why semen retention works, and not wasting your semen all the time and masturbating. So these are products of our blood. Well, I just look at urine therapy as a, you know, product of my blood. You know, it's what was once in my blood is now not in my blood. So why isn't that killing me if it's a waste product, like people were saying? Right. Doesn't make any sense to me. Like, Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. And I'm like, so when it comes to Dr. Morris and like all these doctors, uh, like Arnold Aaron and Dr. Sabi, I don't know if Arnold, he wasn't a doctor. I think he was just a professor. Um, yeah. But when it comes to any healer, I think it's, it's important to listen to them and then listen to a bunch of other people. Cause like yeah. you can take, information from each one just because they've had a lot of success doesn't mean that their say is the end-all be-all you know because other people have had success with urine therapy and Dr. Morris is not um, a supporter of it but that doesn't mean that everyone else is invalid just because he says it's, it doesn't work or that it's useless or whatever so it's really important not to like put these put anyone on a pedestal I yeah. love Dr. Morris like I yeah. think he's a kind human being he's he helped me greatly he's helped so many people like he's absolutely amazing but that doesn't mean that he is right he also doesn't think the earth is flat and stuff so like you know there i and i'm not i'm not completely right either like there's yeah who knows we might be wrong i'm happy to be wrong by the way um on anything always (laughs) we're always happy to be wrong (laughs) yeah exactly that's the that's the learning process you know like you need to be wrong you need to like fall down in order to to learn anything you know so i have no problem with being wrong i have no problem with discussing you know opposing opinions so long as everyone is like kind and respectful throughout yeah. it all so you touched on you touched on something powerful like uh, um how i look at it as well like yourself is you want to be learning from a little bit from everything because every not everyone has um, time to master everything so dr morse is an expert on a couple of things arnold error is an expert on a couple of things they haven't looked at everything so 
I don't think like I, I feel speak myself. I don't feel like I can be as good as them at one thing. But what I can do is I can be good at a lot of try a lot of different things and put my hand in a lot of pies, eggs in the basket. So that and work out what is more powerful. So I'm look, always looking. Let's see what's the most powerful. And for me, yeah. urine therapy, but aged urine. Um, I know fruits work. I know fa- dry fasting. Dry fasting, aged urine. Wow, those two. I, I'm I'm still connecting dots, and I've just got a lot more work to do. Oh, red light as well. Red, getting out in the sunlight in the morning, sunset and dusk. That is miracle medicine. People won't, people maybe in the health community are watching this won't understand that yet, but you'll get there. You you just have to try it. Just be open minded. It's very powerful. Red light change your life. Just red light. Yeah. Color from the sun. Oh no. I know, I know what sun gazing does for the body and mm. like for your eyes, like all of that stuff. I, I don't think the sun causes cancer at all. I think it's yeah. very healing. Mm. Um, I think that when we are eating a diet, um, like a natural diet, like the, the only reason the sun harms us is because our body is already like degenerated. So yeah, the sun is fucking hot. It's intense. Like, yes, it can hurt you, mm. but if you work your way up to having a healthy body, like regenerate your cells and tissue, that won't be an issue anymore. We were designed, we are designed fruit eaters. We are designed to be naked and in the sun. So like, why the fuck would the sun cause cancer? Why would it harm us? Like that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Unless we try to do the sun too quickly from a place where we're unhealthy and then it will cause skin cancer. And then you'll clean the sun and then you'll tell everyone else that the sun causes cancer. And then everyone else starts thinking it. And now the newspapers are talking about the sun causing cancer. Now we've got an epidemic of people that are afraid to get sun and to be naked. Oh, and and then we've got people that are afraid to get naked because you're going to get arrested. You can't go. What's up with that? You know, there's things we can't do in a society. You can't go naked across the street. Not because you want to like show off or anything because it's healthy. You just can't do shit like that anymore. And, it's sad isn't it that we've come to this place of like sun causes cancer nudism is bad we can't ground because it's crazy grounding is crazy doesn't work you know what the fuck are you doing you know it's crazy yeah we're just so disconnected from nature we're, we're just disconnected from reality in its entirety so yeah like it's it's easy to fool people it's easy to do that when you know we're all being consistently brainwashed and dumbed down it's easy to to make these claims that like, yeah, the sun causes cancer and grounding is bullshit. And we mm. are supposed to be clothed and all this stuff. Like, oh. especially when it's been, you know, hundreds of years of us like wearing clothing. And I mean, we haven't ever really eaten a natural diet, like mm. ever. So True. it's just, it's just easy to brainwash people and to make them think something else. But mm. I think we are getting to a point where it's, it, more and more people are realizing that this shit's not working and we need to do something different. Yeah. I think it's life changing. This Facebook people um, mock social media, but what we're doing right now is social media and the people that made friends that we've made in social media, I've made life changing friends. It's a life changing medium of people slowly waking up. And now we've got a new family of us like um, supporting each other, encouraging, uh, making money um, so we can survive and do what we love. And to be honest with you, it's, it's beautiful and i don't relate to anyone that bashes it and says oh but the world's going to shit and you know wi-fi 5g and i'm like yeah these are bad things but it's given us too much don't forget the internet you can't despise you too much because the internet's um you know for what it's worth has changed our lives you know it has i i i see like nothing is completely good or bad you know so like i definitely appreciate the fact that i have internet and that i can connect with people because like that's where I've built a community. That's where I've gained a lot of confidence with people within myself. Like, 
made friends, like doing this, this is, this is amazing. I get to talk about something that I really love and that it's going to reach a lot of people. Yeah. So like, I'm definitely appreciative of that. The only thing that I, I can say, like dissing, like the matrix is industry and capitalism. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. where we really went wrong. And, and like, we're just agriculture too. Like we're just raping the earth. So I think if we could get to a place where we're building food forests mm. and living a lot more sustainably and um, living more in tune with nature, stop chasing fucking paper. Like yeah. that is, capitalism is really the biggest thing here. It, it Some certain industries too, like, you know, um, I don't want to diss cars too much because like they definitely have been helpful but like we we could have done a lot better with it like we don't need to be burning um like oil and we don't need to be making them how we are um but some industries are good like with building you know um phones and computers and stuff for us to connect the way we have like that's definitely something that's been beneficial so you can't you can't hate on it too much but you can also like hate on it enough to want to change certain things oh that's powerful i like that so you don't hate on it too much but hate on it just enough to make change and then grow to a place where you get so loving that actually you still remember that it's bad but now you're not in that vibration where you can connect with other people like still in that stuck in low vibration of hate 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 what they're doing to the world and i like no, don't, don't. Do you know how I look at it as well? I look at it sometimes with militant vegans, if I'm being honest, and they say that they hate the humans, but they love animals, but they hate their own species. I also think that's very low vibration. So you're, you're hating your own species, but you love animals. That doesn't work for me. You're humans. You can't hate your own species. That's just a low vibration. Even if you do love animals, that's kind of silly. That's how I look at it, like a very low. Yeah, no, I... I definitely have a problem. I mean, I used to be that vegan when I when I first started off. Like I, oh. I just I felt like humans were just like destroying the earth. And now when I hear people talk about like how humans are parasites and stuff, I'm like, I'm not a fucking parasite. Like that's not yeah. that's not me. Don't fucking talk about me like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I understand where they're coming from because like humans have done some really shitty things to animals, and like I, I like I understand where they're at. I just don't agree with it anymore because, like, I love everyone. I love animals too. Like, you you need to, yeah. um, and and hating people isn't going to get them to stop doing the mean shit that they're doing to animals. Like, you yeah. have to come from a place of compassion and love, and that's what I do. I go to Anonymous for the Voiceless events, and I, I do like the Cube uh, protests. Mm, I saw that on your Facebook. Yes, you went on the Cube. That's pretty cool. I like that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome, and I had some really good conversations with people. You know. You just, you come from a place of love. You, you ask them, you know, how does seeing this make you feel? You come from that place, like from the heart where you're not attacking them about shit. You're trying to get them to think. You're trying to get them to feel for these animals, for the environment, for humanity as, as a whole. So coming from a place of hate where like you're, you're just trying to, to shame people into something, that's not the way to do it. You know, that's not going to get anywhere. Agreed. Agreed. So, um, we've been going on a while. I'd like to conclude a little bit by asking you, um, what is, what would you, what message would you like to leave people with, um, and anything you want to get off your chest in terms we haven't covered base on. So just leave us with a nice message perhaps of, you know, anything you felt we haven't covered that I didn't ask. And, um, yeah. I think we've covered a lot. Um, so there's not a whole lot that I want to say in regards to that. Just, you know, keep like, 
keep searching for more information search for search for truth you know try your best every single day to to heal yourself and be happy and healthy and get to a place where you're not working for um where you're not living your life for money for for paper because that's not true happiness in my opinion you know get to get to a point where you're living your life for you i think that's the most important thing yeah i second your message that's really powerful um i i'm, I'm with you thank you very much victoria for this this has been beautiful i really thank you thanks we said you're my first interview um so for a while for this alkalize to realize and for my own podcast and i'll send it to you too so yeah thanks for sharing a story i didn't know a lot about you so i learned myself a lot of information this was selfishly for me too guys you know i'm learning too from everybody so yeah uh thanks victoria for the space today and i hope you have a lovely day and um i will leave you okay. thank you all right